Welcome back, listeners. I'm Amaya. I'm Rainy. I'm Toriana. And I'm Dominique. And you're listening to Freedom Unshackled, the podcast. Today, we are going to be speaking with Josephine, who is actually the mother of someone who is currently incarcerated. So what we want to do is just amplify voices and get all perspectives of how the prison system affects such a big population, not just the individuals that are incarcerated. So to start off, Josephine, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know the coalition is based out of New York. You are also from New York, but currently living in Florida. I'm from New York. We moved to Florida in 2003. Okay. And um, Garvin was, uh, I think, in uh, middle school. He's going to middle school. And um, I recall my uh, ex telling me, um, why are you always giving him lunch money? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he has more money than you. I'm like... (laughs) what's going on? So come to find out, you know, he had, you know, friends who were, you know, dealing with marijuana and he was one of the people involved, but it was like, I didn't believe it. And I thought it was him being jealous of my son. So when I did find out when I did, I, I, I'm the mother that cleans the kid's room. So I, kept smelling it and then it was like where is it and then when I found it he was on the plane back to New York to his father I didn't know what to do I I was literally in shock and he ends up staying in New York for about I say a year and him and his dad clashed Mm -hmm. so I let him come back home you know, under the terms, please, you know, you got to go to school, you got to do the right thing, you know, stay away from bad people, you know, but my, my cousins are in the music industry and smoking weed was like smoking a cigarette. Part of the culture. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't that he was in the life. It was like, it was an entertainment life. And, you know, he saw how they were making money and buying it. So, I come to find out later that that was his, oh, well, then I can get rich if I just get it for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of threw me off, but it was weed. So, and you said this was high you school? Know, yeah, it was like he's a kid, you know, he plays sports, you know, he's just getting all kids smoke. So, mm-hmm. you know, when he got arrested, the first time it was him sitting in his car rolling a, a blunt and the police car was sitting in the in the parking lot with him at, at a gas station. And I'm thinking, first of all, you smoke. And second of all, why would you be so dumb to roll, go into the store, buy the split, and then roll it while the police officer is sitting there? Well, I didn't think he saw me. Mm-hmm. You're a young black man. Yep. You're getting into a nice car, and you don't think he's watching yeah, you. They're always, they're always so watching. it was like you're you're not paying attention to your surroundings. So I don't think this business is for you. Go to school, get your education, and let's leave it at that. But little did I know that's not what he listened to. He mm-hmm. he saw more of a get rich quick scheme than a 
I'll go get a, a college degree and then I'll, I'll, I'll do it the right way. I'll do it this way and I'll get rich fast and then I can help my mom and I, she doesn't have to be with this guy. And, you know, he hated every guy I dated. Mm-hmm. So it was like, he was my man. Mm-hmm. He was my boyfriend. He was mm-hmm. my everything. Protect Guys her. didn't even want to come around because yeah. of my son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, you feel like you let it go. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, you know, how I, I, I pretended I didn't know until it got to the point where the cops are coming to the house mm-hmm. to take him away. And then, you you know, you, you don't know. You don't know what your children are doing until it's too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you feel guilty. But then I'm thinking... I told him the right things. I taught him the right things. He was not around hustlers. But then, you know, I still had him around the entertainment guys. So, you know, and their family. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I just, it was a lot of guilt. Yeah. I felt a lot of guilt for mm-hmm. not being harder on him. Mm-hmm. And that's where my daughter and I clashed a lot because I was very hard on her. But with him, you know, he's a boy. He can hang with the boys. She was the girl. She couldn't come downstairs. She couldn't be around them. So you can actually tell the difference Mm -hmm. in how each was raised. And um, what I mainly taught him was if you're going to be in this life, you know, you have to be respectful. If a cop comes and he pulls you over, you have to say, yes, sir. You have to say yes sir and you and 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 you have to you have to kill them with kindness Mm -hmm. don't be the kid that says what do you want you know why are you pulling me over Mm -hmm. be the respectful kid that he ends up letting go and that actually worked so good it seemed like my son got arrogant with it like i can get away with it if i just am nice to them Mm -hmm. and you know it just made me feel like if I was more rough on him instead of just saying, be nice to the police so they, they don't bother you. I, I don't know. It was, it, yeah, it was, I feel like that's a lot of situations. It seems like you, you like people think, Oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. But when it comes to black men and the relationship that they have with police officers, you can be like Elijah Blake and just walking down the street right. and have no record right. and have nothing on you and not be doing anything and you could still exactly way. or how you said exactly. he walked into the store like and i'm not too familiar with the policies of florida so i'm gonna ask you that too about surrounding weed okay. but there you said he's being watched like and someone easily could have a white boy his same age could have walked in and he's like no one and notices the same thing. what he's doing and what because everyone uh, black and white people typically smoke weed at the same rate, but black people are right. way more likely to be uh, charged with a crime and be put in prisons for drug related Right, offenses. and for the same situation where he went and watched my son buy the, the, the rap and then, you know, come back and watch him, you know, and then follow him. Mm-hmm. and then pull him over and then wait to pull him over. And I'm literally on the phone with my son 
telling him, put your seatbelt on. Don't don't give them a reason to pull you over. And, you know, he, he pulled them over anyway. So, you know, I don't know. It, it was just a, a wake-up call to me that yeah. I needed to be a little bit harder on him. And it was like the more, the harder I got on him, the more rebellious he became. Okay. I have to prove to my mom that I can do this. I, I have to this. prove yeah. to my mom that I don't want her to need anything. I want to make sure that she's okay. And it was like a burden I didn't want him to have. Mm-hmm. But him being me, my daughter, and him being together all the time, he felt like he had to protect us. This is a kid who went shoveling snow to buy the Christmas tree. Aww. And would make me take my tree back so he can buy the tree. Mm-hmm. Like, Natural it was, he didn't live in the projects. He didn't live, you know, his dad was around, but he wasn't. But he was there. So, you know, it just seemed like it backfired. Like, the kindness was, I don't know. I just. It was a strength, but also a almost like yeah it was like a gift and a curse yes, it's like, yeah, yeah that's yes. like hubris yeah. like you're right. the thing that makes I, I, you I, was also I your couldn't downfall. be his mm-hmm. friend but I had to be his mother yes. and mm-hmm. the mixture just mm-hmm. became him thinking he was my father mm-hmm. like he was my boss like mm-hmm. and it it kind of caused a little friction between us and then it had to become you're a man now you know you want to you want to do these things you have to be willing to suffer the consequences but don't forget that you have a family that's going to end up suffering with you mm-hmm. yes. like exactly. if you go to jail i go to jail mm-hmm. and then what they feel or realize is I, i'm laying in a bed he's laying on a pallet how do you think that makes me feel mm-hmm. you know so so how has him uh being away how has that changed your family dynamic if you could explain like what roles you've had to change and what your day like is like now it's like i'm the dad i'm his kids dad it's i feel like i'm the family dynamic changed once my dad passed away and that was 2017 and um Garvin became the man of the house, of the whole entire family, because this is all rest girls. So it's myself, my mom, my daughter, his daughter, his girlfriend, and him. Yeah. So, you know, we all worked. Mind you, we all had jobs, good jobs. But for the nice things, you know, for the big Christmases, he's he was very into the holidays. So now there's no, you know, we don't like to celebrate now. It's mm-hmm. like... Whose house do we go to? We don't even want to, yeah. you know, because it was he did that. He made us come together. One one Thanksgiving, he invited us all to come and stopped us at the door. Before we could come to his house, we had to get in the car and go with him and follow him. Where are we going? We don't know where we're going. Mm-hmm. He took us to go feed the homeless. Oh, Friends wow. of his were... Uh, feeding the homeless and we had to go in and help bag the stuff and and we're like he's like nobody's eating until we feed the other people so you know for a kid like that it's like whatever you were doing you were doing it 
to better everyone. Yes. You are doing it to make us all see that it's not just a hustle. It's something I want to do to make things better for other people and my family. I want to mm-hmm. share my share my wealth. And, you know, he wanted to have a bus. He wanted to have a radio station. He wanted to do all these crazy things. I'm thinking, what? And now I see that's the thing. That's what they do, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just like our family dynamic changed because he's not here. And it, it's like we don't want to celebrate and we, we don't want to do anything because he's not there. He's the one that made us do it. Mm-hmm. So he's not here now. So mm-hmm. we just do the best we can. And for us to celebrate this year, like we just lost my mom in October. Right. Yeah. And no one wanted to do anything. Mm-hmm. The day before Thanksgiving, he sends myself his girlfriend and uh, my daughter, all emails, practically the same email saying, I'm okay. I need you guys to be okay. I need you guys to show my kids the same love you showed me when I was their age. I'm okay. Even though right now he's in solitary confinement. So we didn't want to do anything and it ended up being okay because he gave us the blessing, like, don't don't cry. I don't want you guys to cry this year. I want you guys to cook the turkey, do what you have to do. And it's like he's he's our strength. And if he's not here, it just feels awkward. Yeah. It's really and awkward. The whole reason why he's there was because he wanted to make a good life for everyone. So now that he is there, yes. he still wants that for you guys. It's obviously so difficult, but that's really sweet. That's where it's all rooted from. Yeah. I mean, he, he was very much into the holidays and, you know, I don't know. He's just missed. And now it's just, you know, he, he was sentenced to uh, five years and he could have gotten 15, mm-hmm. but he took a plea and the thing that, you know, bothers me so much is it's marijuana. Mm-hmm. And now it's legal. Oh, so when did it become legal? Well, not really, okay. but, you know, kind of. Yeah, but, of way, you know, of for them, the I have no problems with anyone in the situation because he wasn't, he was not doing the right thing, but for the right reasons. Right, for the right reasons. And, um... The prosecutor just was like, she's the only one I really had a problem with because she's basically telling them to throw, lock him up and throw away the key because he won't listen. He's not listening. Um, every charge he's gotten, it, he's had four charges and each charge was like a, a small marijuana charge. Mm-hmm. This was the only time he got caught with a lot of marijuana. And it's like, even the judge didn't want to go harsh on him because he's very respectable. He's very well-spoken and he had to basically teach my son a lesson. I felt because you get in Florida, you have the same judge Mm. every time. Once you get the first case, you get the same case with the same judge for every time you get in trouble. My son was granted, um, house arrest and, uh, situation arose where someone brought pills to the house and um 
they took him back in. They knew because he's never been arrested for anything but marijuana that the judge was like, you know, I have to teach you a lesson because now you're starting to think you're invincible because I keep giving you chance after chance Mm -hmm. and you keep coming back, Mm -hmm. but for the same thing. And now it's for something that is out of character. So, you know, he, he took the plea and he got, instead of 15 years, he got five years and he's done about two so far. And when I tell you, I haven't touched my son or health hand mm-hmm. in about three years. Yeah. So um, this Christmas would have been the first time he's meeting his son. Oh. Because he, he when he came home for a house arrest, he uh, got his girlfriend pregnant. And then he went to jail. Mm. So it becomes a, like a circle for me. And... It makes it even harder because Garvin met his father for the first time in jail. Mm. So um, for me to have to take his son to bring his son the first time he gets to meet his son to a prison, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you wouldn't mind describing the the process, the way that you process it and your emotions that you're going through the first time that you had to visit your son in it was prison. It was um it was uh it's very scary because you come in and it, and it's it's just like wires and everything outside and then it's like the luck of the draw. If you if if you're a shapely woman, you 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 might want to come in a bag, um, because if your pants are too tight, they deny your visit. If your oh if your shirt is too like you show too much cleavage, you're denied the visit. Wow. And I never really had a problem with that because I I don't dress. You know, I don't have the big shape. I don't. I'm I'm fine and. That's that's the first part. You, it's like I don't know if you girls know Club Studio Fifty Four. It's it's almost like they look you up and down to see how you're dressed, and or compared to where you're dressed, it's a yes or a no if you can get in. Wow. And then once you get in, you know you have to take off. You know everything. You gotta let them go under your bra. You gotta let them go between your legs. You gotta let them go in your hair. You know, but. It doesn't matter. At that point, you just, like, don't care. You just want to make sure your child is okay or your loved one is okay. And you wait and you wait. And it's like the anticipation to see them come. And for me, my only son, um, I couldn't let him go. It was like mm-hmm. once he, I saw his face, you know. You could see that. You could tell the people that have been there looking at you and laughing at you like but you you don't even care because i i haven't seen my son i haven't touched my son and you know it's overwhelming but if you're nice to the guards i find like if you show them respect 
they give you that respect back. So the prison system, the the the, the corrections officers, I feel like they have to be a certain way. They have to be tough. But once they see like you, you, you will show them the same amount of respect that they feel they deserve. You, you, you get a, you get more, uh, you get better treatment. You know, they, they're nicer to you. They give you the cards. They give you the games. They tell you which tables to go to. But you know, I know um, I've watched other people come in with attitudes, and you know, it's like. Like I say, it's like you have to be nice to them so that they're nice to you. And then you want to be nice to them so that they're nice to your child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want them to say, oh, well, you know, your mother came in here all rowdy. You know, that's where you get it from. Mm. But once you talk to him, you know, I, I, I got lucky. I have a very respectable son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've never had a problem as far as, you know, with them coming in or anything because we knew what to expect. You know, they, they tell you if you just, to me, if you just follow the rules, you get a long way in life, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I try to tell them, you know, just yes, sir, them, yes, ma'am, them, and do what they ask you to do and see how they treat you. And, and at this point, you know, he, he's in solitary confinement because of, uh, another inmate wanting to take what something that he had. I didn't know this. Now I'm thinking he's in there for a whole nother I'm thinking they found him with a phone or something happened. He didn't want me to know that he had a fight mm-hmm. because I would have had a whole yeah, heart attack. Scare you, yeah. But um, he he got into a scuffle and you know he was working in the law library. He was working in the kitchen. He had all the good things going, and then you know. You know they're gonna test you, test you, so it's like you just pray that they make it out mm-hmm. alive. He he told me just recently he's in solitary confinement and blood is gushing through the hall because someone tried to kill themselves. Wow! And I'm like, are you okay? And he was like, you prepared me mentally. Like I don't he makes me feel okay. Cause he told me, you know, Ma, you prepared me, you know, you have, I read books. I know I can be by myself. I can do this by myself. There's a lot of people who can't, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who get behind solitary and, and don't, can't, you know, sit by themselves and, and concentrate and think. So I, I feel like I'm blessed in that sense where at least he has a good head on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he reads a lot. And, you know, he stopped smoking marijuana a long time ago, mm-hmm. so he couldn't have his baby. And um, I just am, it sounds weird to say that I'm proud of him, but I am proud of my son. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, hear, just hearing yeah. you talk he's, about him right awesome. now. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's a great character. It sounds like he's great in that it's not anything with you. Because, like, he's prepared, like, he's listening to you now. Maybe at first he wasn't, but he's right. listening to me now, and he had to follow right. a different set of rules to fit to be in society, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Right. It's not. It's not anyone like. It's not mm-hmm. you failing. It's not him failing. It's honestly the system failing because mm-hmm. and 
how we live in a society that's so accepted by marijuana, how it's so normalized to be able to. There are Netflix shows about cooking. Cooking, with yes. Yeah. And, and he's and people are still being incarcerated for it. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the for the, the this is why I say the prosecutor was just so heartless. Like you're trying to give my child 15 years, and wow, you know he's he's a young black man. Had a whole courtroom full of people, you know, there for him, and when it came time to her for her to speak, she was like, he comes in here with a whole cheering section. For what? For him to go back out and sell them more marijuana again? How do you say that? And how as I as a mother was supposed to sit there and I almost got put out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I mean I mean it's like the prosecutors do their best to make the judge and the people want to see the bad. Like they don't. Yeah. It's sit and talk to him. Yeah. If you sit and talk to him, you'll understand, you know, he's not a killer. He's a person. He he was just trying to get a little ahead of himself, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, stuff happens. And it really proves that you're not innocent until proven guilty. You're, they're trying to prove you guilty, right? Right. Or film right. Ma- like mass incarceration isn't a made-up word. It's some. It's an actual. It's something that's going on right, right now. And mm-hmm. it felt like they just wanted him to be there so they can get a check. Yeah. Yes. You know that that's another that's another mouth that you guys will have another check for. Yeah. And 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 the, it it was just heartbreaking, yeah. you know. Yeah, like the pro- the prosecutor isn't looking at him as like a, a human life that is also affecting right. so many other human lives. She's just like, all right, I get to clock out now. And he's one person, yeah. but now, like like you said, like you're also in prison. Like you are now being affected by this. So did this one person being put away on a marijuana charge was that is that helpful or hurtful to society? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. you actually hurt society yes. because he's a great person. Mm-hmm. Like. He, you, you're hurting his child. Like, exactly. Exactly. I just can't even imagine not being able to. Like, I cut the cord. Mm-hmm. I was in the room that cut his, his first child. Uh-huh. I mean, the daughter is his step is his stepdaughter, but he 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 doesn't even know his son yet. Mm-hmm. So his his whole mind is worrying about the daughter. The daughter, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to make sure she's okay and not left behind. And he doesn't really have a connection right now mm-hmm. with his son. Mm-hmm. So now with coronavirus, like the how I would have spent my Christmas this year, taking my grandkids to see their father, because he it would he would be out of solitary, mm-hmm. but he'll be out by the twenty fourth. So you know, once they said that you know we can't we can come, but the children can't come because of COVID. Uh, they have to be 12 and up. Oh. And, you know, of course I have to break that news for him. Yeah. And it's like, I'm dreading sending an email and he keeps asking and asking and asking and I know the answer and it's like, why do I have to constantly let my child down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when he it... understood. Yeah. He was angry at first, but he understood, you know, he doesn't want his child to get sick. Right. So he'll just have to wait some more time. And when it comes to explaining something like that to his stepdaughter or when it comes to the time when 
you know, like having those such heavy topics to talk about, like how, how is that when, when you just, when you describe that to his stepdaughter, well, like this is, this is his stepdaughter. I actually read your questions to her before. Um, she's 11 okay. and I actually read your questions to her, um, and asked her how she felt about it. And she's devastated. She's, she loves him like she's been they came into the house when they came into the house to get him she was there twice this happened and I always have to be like you know I put the girl you're so gangster I was like oh my god grandma hasn't even been through nothing like that but you can tell she has PTSD because she can't hear banging like if she hear, if someone's banging on the door, she she thinks it's the police. Mm-hmm. She's eleven. Yeah, she can't like um, go to school. When she goes to school, it was like you know when they had the dads come up, you know, so grandma would come up and blast the music and make Aww. everybody laugh. <laughs> you know, I always tried to you know, make it a, a fun experience. Oh, they don't have, so what? They got fathers and you got a grandma. Like, you got a whole grandma here. <laughs> Queen Josephine. We're yes. going to get candy. And, you know, so now I'm the candy grandma. <laughs> like, they call me, you know, I, I try to be, to make it fun for her. And, you know, like, she goes through a lot. She has a little TikTok thing and every now and then, you know, You'll see a, a little sad video of my friends will call me like, you call your granddaughter, call your granddaughter. Aww. So I will have to call her, you know, and let her know. So right now she, she, her brother's sick and the mom is a little, you know, upset. So she's like, I need to talk to daddy. I need just to talk to my daddy. So I told her when, you know, I come over, I'll let you send him an email from my phone uh-huh. so you can I won't read it oh, I'll just nice. let you send him an email so really she's nice. looking forward to me hurrying up with you guys and getting over there uh-huh. <laughs> so she can send she's him an really email now but yeah. I would say the same she's thing she's so lucky okay. to have you You're, you just seem like you describe it so well for her and you're being so supportive that's not easy at all and not everyone has a situation no. but a lot of people do also have your a similar story where they have to step up in these roles um, yeah, but it's not easy, and you should be applauded for it. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I, I try. I try to. You know, I tell. I tell them everything. If they need it, I got it. If, if I gotta go pawn a ring, I'm gonna go pawn a ring, oh. and we're gonna go get some stuff. I, well, see I, don't, those I don't care what we have <laughs> some to do. Nice but, rings. <laughs> you know, I gotta make it okay for them somehow, because yeah. you know he would be like right now. The houses would be decorated, and everything would be done, and. He he wasn't the type that was going to like these fancy stores. He's going to Dollar Tree and he's gonna get a hundred dollars yeah. worth of everything. <laughs> Kids go crazy. Yeah. And you're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's very frugal. So I gave him that much. Yeah. <laughs> so that's honestly we could probably wrap up now, but the last thing I just wanna ask if there's any like final notes you want us to leave us with or to leave our listeners with about uh, like holidays, how this has impacted you or about like stigma around people in prison and how just whatever you feel well, like the viewers should know. A message I just you would think like to that, you know, with. people forget about the guys in jail. Like, um, 
I, I wish that more more families would, you know, not give up on the guys when they go to jail. Like they if 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 they see that you have nobody, they treat you differently. Mm. And um you know, the holidays just just be strong, you know, like there there are gonna be days where you wanna and then I do, you know, I, I sit and I don't want to eat Thanksgiving. I cooked all the food, you know, mm -hmm. family, you know, friends cook. I couldn't eat, mm -hmm. you know, so it gets hard, yeah. you know, but you, you, you get through it. You know, I, I, my son doesn't have that much time and it, it, it's, I just can't imagine for the families that have 15 years. Yeah have life you know what they must be going through and it's like when they tell them that they have that much time my son tells me you know sometimes families give up on them you know they they are there for a little while and then they they dwindle off and they don't they don't come back and they don't visit i also have a brother that's in in jail also and um it's a lot you know so half the family takes care of him and this half takes care of my son, but you know, my son is more independent. Mm -hmm. So, sounds like it. But yeah. it's a strange life. You have another kid to raise, and that's where it becomes the forgotten population, and not by anybody's right. fault necessarily. But it's it's that's really the fact that you have to go through that to visit him is a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right, and then they they need they need commissary, they need money, they need clothes, and and then like I tell my son. He's sleeping on a pallet, so get as much clothes as you can get in there and, you know, pile them up together, like buy a whole bunch of, of uh, sweatshirts or whatever you guys can get. Even tell you that you're bunkies, like you guys can make, like I try to tell him how to make a blanket or how to make a mattress, wow. like. He's like, Mom, how do you know this stuff? Yeah. Like, this just, I'm a I don't mom. know how I know it. Like, <laughs> If you're laying on something that's so hard, get a bunch of clothes and, you know, flatten them out, put the, the, the shirt underneath the shirt and, you know, wrap it around the sweatshirt and get your pillow, you wow. know, you have a whole pillow. <laughs> just be creative with it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just try to make it okay for him so that it's okay for me. Yes. And I, I have to tell him, like, did you listen to what I said? Did you hear what I said? Because my son also has asthma. So that part is a whole nother situation, trying to get medicine in there and getting the pump and during coronavirus, you know, that was so scary. So, you know, I told him, you know, get, get the paper towels and, and put it over your face if you can. He's like, my, they don't even give you paper towels. Wow. They give us tissue. So, you know, then you have to think of a whole nother thing to figure out how to tell him how to survive. But he's okay. You know, he, 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 he's better than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mentally, he, he helps me. Yeah. Well, so, he said that you got him there. Yeah, you so. did. So give, yeah. Yeah, give yourself credit. Yeah, pat him yeah. on the back. You raised him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how yeah. you be able Thank to relax, you. too. Like, he sounds nope. like... He I is. hope I didn't say too much. My daughter's going to kill me. <laughs> this will be broadcast. My daughter's like, don't give up too much. Don't talk too much. No, this is great. This no, is yeah. This is wonderful. 
Well, Josephine, it was such an honor getting to know you and your family through your story. So thank you so much for sharing. To our listeners, thanks for sticking around for another episode of the podcast. We really hope you're learning just as much as we are through everybody's experiences. For future episodes, get ready for learning a little bit how the prisons are being affected by COVID. Also, we'll give a little insight of what Freedom Unshackled, the coalition, has been working on in 2020 and future endeavors that we are going to be taking on in 2021. So get ready for that. (music) 